Hey guys, what's up? Matthew here. Just coming back to talk a little bit about the final episode of the Mars Hill podcast from Christianity Today. Uh, came out last weekend. We were actually going to record a reaction to this sooner, but we thought, what better way to honor the Mars Hill podcast than to wait until after you think the reaction is going to happen. Then we're going to drop it later. We're going to make you wait for it. That's a joke. Uh, we're actually going to do the reaction last night. But I had a little adventure in the backcountry roads of Alabama. Uh, had a little encounter with uh, the largest raccoon I've ever seen. And the reason uh, I got a good look at it is because it jumped out in front of our van last night. And now we have uh, quite a bit of repairs to do on the van. That was a fun night. Anyway, move to the deep south. It's great here. That's the moral of that story. But back to Marcel. Okay, so we did this uh, did this when episode 11 came out. Just decided instead of talking about it on the regular feed to uh, just drop a, like a monologue uh, into the feed as, as kind of a separate thing. And it was great. We had a lot of um, a lot of people reach out and, and kind of engage about this. And the reason again we're doing this is Casey, Casey's sitting this one out. She doesn't really want to take in the Mars Hill podcast at this time um so instead of you know kind of taking her captive during her regular episodes we just thought this would be a fun way of uh, me going off and, and talking about it and, and engaging the 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 part of our audience that has, has really followed this from beginning to end so yes by all means uh all those dm conversations that we had were, were fantastic uh about the about episode 11 uh, please jump in back with me and and let's talk about episode 12 because it was it was something it was another long episode and i'm just gonna share some thoughts here and and definitely just doing this so that i can hear your thoughts too uh, this is just a way to sort of spur some conversation um so uh, episode 12 let's talk about it. to land this thing you know he they, they've teased that there may be some some bonus material but for the for the base number of episodes this is going to be the end this is this is the, the final episode and I, I can only imagine how daunting that seemed to try to land something like this it, it, it was kind of impossible it, it was always going to be impossible i think to land this this series um to some degree and the reason for that is I think in a podcast with a scope this big that drew so many people in, people are going to want a resolution. The, the listeners will want catharsis and, and they'll want that because they'll need to feel validated for the amount of time and the emotions and the thought that they've invested into a podcast like this. And you know, there was really just one way for that to happen in the way that people needed it to. And that was Mark Driscoll uh, engaging with this process and just coming on and saying, you know, you're right. I'm, I did a lot of bad things. I'm sorry. This is what I'm going to do to repent. Um, but to the shock of really no one, that that did not happen. Uh, there was kind of the, this specter hanging over the, the, the series and, and all the sort of unexplained delays in the production that you know there were some whispers that maybe Driscoll was going to come in at the 11th hour and make an appearance and you know in hindsight it makes perfect sense that he wouldn't um you know 
because that's just not his mo and he, we they even talked about it a little bit in this episode that he's <laughs> he just runs away like he's that's just who he is he's a, he's a coward and he'll run away so i don't think it was ever realistic that he was going to engage uh when this much of the spotlight was on his misdeeds and and not really engaged with Cosper either because I think we you know from what we learned from him I, I don't think Cosper was just going to let him do Driscoll things and and skirt away from the issue I I, th- I think that was going to be a tough interview for Driscoll and and he he had to have known that um but let's talk about Cosper for a second I mean he, he he took a ton of flack, you know, as the point man for this and, and the primary creator, he took a ton of flack uh, pretty much from beginning to end. And he took it from all directions, took it from people who thought he was being too hard on Mars Hill f- to people who thought he was not being hard enough on Mars Hill. And why didn't you focus on this? And why didn't you focus on that? Why didn't you focus on this specific avenue? And it was kind of a thankless job. Um, You know, I just wanted to say this about him. Like, you know, was this was this whole series perfect? Well, no, it, it wasn't perfect, and and we could sit here and, and pick it apart, and that's not why I'm doing this. But it, no, it wasn't perfect. But if you're one of the detractors, like I just need you to hear this. Like this, if your interest was in having the Mars Hill story told, this was your best case scenario. And I'll say that again: this was your best case scenario, because this was a a professional. This was a journalistic, this was the, the meticulousness of this was at times really frustrating that they were that meticulous in their approach to the material. But you know, it, this gave an honest and fair effort to tell the story and find the humanity of all of the players in the Mars Hill saga. And, you know, it was fair. It, it was not perfect, but it was fair. And they tried. They really did try to tell everybody's story and tell it well and, and let everyone have their own voice. Um, so, again, you know, if you if you have specific issues with it, that's fine. But the people that are just poo-pooing the, the whole thing of, you know, well, this is garbage and, you know, this was a slanted in one direction or the other and we need a real – we need the real story of Mars Hill told – you know what? Like, I, I think you need to get over yourself. I, I think the issue is, is probably you at that point. Um, which is, by the way, is not like a, not at all a, a knock on Casey or anybody who just sat this out. I, that's not what she was doing. You know, I think she said, so, you know, it's fine. It's just not for me right now. And, and if that's you, obviously that's what I'm, what I'm saying is that is, is I'm not talking about you. If you just sat this out. Um, But again, just to recap, I, I, I think it was sort of, you know sort of getting driscoll on there and repenting or you know making him pay in some way i guess like like it was never going to be a totally satisfying ending to the podcast so so what do you do and i thought it was really interesting that they brought sutton in um is is almost like a like a driscoll avatar it was, it was really strange not that's not strange but it was really interesting that it was almost like, well, we, we don't have Driscoll, but we've got Sutton. And Sutton was his, his axe man. He was his right-hand lackey. And, you know, we're going to have Sutton go through the motions here of repentance and restoration. And it'll, if you squint your eyes, it'll almost be like it's Driscoll doing it. Uh, so 
man, I just got the Sutton thing. That was, I don't know, like that, that dude, he was saying the right things. And, you know, by the accounts that we were given, he was doing the right things as far as entering into repentance with some of the people that he harmed. I, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know what this says about me, but like, I just, to use a Casey House term, I just got the feeling that like whenever he was talking, it just felt very performative. And I, I don't know what that was about. I don't know if maybe that was just a product of him spending so much time in, in the in the corporate world or the or the ministry world and, and being, you know, a figurehead for so long that that's just how he talks. But you know, when he when he was going through his spiels, it was just like, man, this guy's like selling me something. This this just does not feel terribly genuine. Um, so I, I don't know if that's me. Maybe that's just me being super cynical. Um, yeah, but I mean, we he was. I don't know. Like I don't know why he would. I don't know if that's fair to say that. I don't know if he, because he was a fairly. He he didn't really have like a a platform or an audience that he was building to. I don't know what his. You know I don't know what his. Um, his angle could have been, but it just, it just felt kind of fakey sometimes. Like when he was, when he was speaking and going through his stuff, I don't know. Maybe that was just me. I mean, if, if you felt that too, let me know. Let's talk about it. Um, and, you know, to go back to a little bit of, to clean up what we're talking about of the people who are the podcast attractors. Um, you know, I, I did see this on Twitter a few times of, people maybe affiliated with Mars Hill or defending Mars Hill and saying, well, you know, they were too hard on it. There were a lot of good things that happened, which by the way, did you even listen to the podcast? I mean, I mean, Cosper spent a lot of time backtracking and, and looking ahead to good things that happened at Mars Hill and good things that have come out of, you know, the Mars Hill satellite churches since the dissolution. So I, I don't know what those people are, are up to, but I guess my question for, for them, and this is maybe a straw man, because maybe there's not too many people who actually believe that, but it's like, how many people, <laughs> how many people have to tell you that they were hurt <laughs> by, by this whole thing? Like how many testimonies do you have to hear that people were affected in traumatic ways for that to be the important part of this? Like, <laughs> Uh, you know, and not the fact that, you know, you had a really cool ministry back in the day or that you have a church now that's really cool. Like, it, like it's okay that we just focus on, wow, some people were really hurt by this. Like, that's, that's, that's fine if we need to focus on that. And, and I would argue that that's, that's a good thing that, that we, that we look at things like that and make that the, the primary topic. I don't know. I just, I don't understand a lot of the people who, you know, get, get their feelings hurt about this podcast, that it's, it's not fair for, <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, but back to episode 12, I think a really, I was so glad, I was so glad that, that they included this part, that, that the sound clip of, of Driscoll just sort of casually mentioning that Calvinism was not biblical, <laughs> which is just a tremendous sound clip. Um, 
you know, if you know, if you follow the podcast, you you know what that means because you know previously that was his big thing. Of you know, I think he had even said at one point that uh, you know I'm more reformed than John Calvin is, which of of course he would say something like that. Um, but the reason that was so meaningful to me was. You know, to hear Driscoll, and this is just you know fresh out of the rubble of of him fleeing Mars Hill as it as as the building collapsed, um, to to just say something like that so quickly. This, this, we're not listening. You know, these are not the musings of someone on a on a journey of faith or, or deconstruction or challenging their own beliefs and their beliefs evolving. That's not what this is. This is a chameleon dropping and picking up labels so that he can better control people and and we're seeing it in real time and 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 it's chilling like there's no other word for it it's just chilling to watch him "Eh, that labels i'm done with that label i'm gonna pick up this label now and it's like wow does and of course nobody gives him pushback because you know he would never go somewhere where they would give him pushback but it's like it just goes back to my thing of, of what was ever genuine about this guy. And, and, and it picks up again when Cosper takes a detour into the whole semantics, or maybe it's not semantics, maybe it's an actual issue, but of covenant versus love. Like the podcast takes a hard detour into that. Of what, is that what does that mean that in a sermon, uh, Driscoll said that, you know, Christian faith was, was in church and Christianity based on covenant. It wasn't based on love. It just occurred to me too, like when you're talking about that, like why are we, I mean, I get it, but why are we going through his sermons with a fine tooth comb? I don't know that he believed any of this stuff. And I'm not setting myself up as, you know, the judge of his soul. And it's not up to me to decide who's a Christian or not. But when you've got a lot of evidence that somebody's a liar and a faker and a fraud, I think that's a fair question. Like, why do we... Why do we hold, you know, why are we so obsessed with individual lines in his sermons? I don't, does he believe any of that stuff? Like, I mean, was he, was he conservative? Was he complementarian? Like, was he any of these things? Like, was he actually those things? Or, or did he just see a lane that had to be filled? That, that that was the lane that he could fill to get the most attention and, and draw the most people to him at, at that time? Um. You know, I mean, let's, we, we know that his sermons were prepped. You know, the podcast taught us that. Uh, we can assume that he also had some help with his books. You know, there, the plagiarism, that was another part of the podcast, that a lot of the, the things that were in the books were, were plagiarized. And the podcast also taught us that his affiliations with TGC and X29, you know, it's not like he was bringing... <sighs> I mean, was he bringing theology to those places or, or was he using those associations for networking and, and drawing and accruing more power to himself? Um, I think at one point they even talked about like at the TGC meetings that, you know, he wouldn't be at the table with the other heavy thinkers debating theology. He would be off in a corner with James McDonald talking about, you know, how rich they were, <laughs> which... You know, but I just that's that's a mental picture. So I I don't know. Like that 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 was my overarching question from the entire series was, 
was anything about this guy real or, or was it just all all a fraud like was it all a fake um i don't know i mean talk to me about that talk to me about that let's let's talk about that we did get a uh did get another cameo from <laughs> from uh, paul tripp aka evangelical gary oldman i know a lot of people like this guy um i'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say maybe a tough hang maybe a tough hang he uh <laughs> got an interesting little monologue in there where he uh his his sad man monologue that's what i'm just gonna refer to it as is i'm going to be a sad man uh probably probably a tough hang paul trip paul you want to get some you want to get some pizza when i think of pizza i think of the horrors that the italians suffered under the rule of fascism and my soul weeps I mean, all right, dude. I mean, listen, that's that's cool. Just yeah, you're you're gonna be a sad man forever. Um, also got a little bit of David Zoll in this episode. Not very much though. Just just a little little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a quote there. Um, you know, as, as long as we're making the jokes here, I I just want to say too. Of all the bad things you could say about Mark Driscoll, the man had an ethos when it came to nachos. Um, is there such a thing as a nacho complementarian? Uh, if so, can I be one? Can can me and my wife be nacho? Com- this, the idea that wives should bring nachos to their husbands, um, yeah, si- sign me up. Sign me up for that one. Um Nacho complimentarian. Listen, and, and some of you sitting there thinking, you know, you're rolling your eyes at me, but I think if you've been married for a while, uh, if, if, you're, <laughs> if you've been married for a while, just I think you you understand the uh, the power of a plate of nachos. Um, are, is there such a thing as a nacho egalitarian? Can you bring your wife a plate of nachos? Does it have the same effect? Uh, I would argue that I would argue that in this case, maybe it's a little gender specific. Maybe men are a little more susceptible to nachos. Uh, maybe women are a little more susceptible to chocolate. You know, maybe maybe just goes on to something there. I I would argue that nachos are are definitely uh, more effective towards men. Just just in my own personal experience. But back to the episode. Um, and they closed it. Well, before they close it, the whole thing about the, the dad issues, um, ah, that was just so powerful, so powerful. And when the beginning, when the guy, I don't know if it was Jesse or one of the other guys, again, sometimes they didn't introduce him with each line. So, I, 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 you know, you lose exactly who's talking sometimes. But, you know, he's talking about how all of Driscoll's verbiage about all of his imagery about fighting and warrior and and husbands should be the protectors and fathers should be the the fighters that protect their children and, and then how driscoll had set himself up as a father and then when it hit the fan he just ran <laughs> he just fled into the night he didn't stay and fight for five seconds he just he just turned tail and ran 
and uh, I'm laughing because it was, you know, that's, I don't know, that's, that's what I do. I just laugh at stuff. But I mean, to be one of those young men that allowed Driscoll to sort of take up the mantle of father figure, I can't, I mean, I can't imagine just how devastating that had to be to just, to just have him run away and, and take with him you know this this archetype of of the father the father that's going to protect you and then he just goes and then you're left to not only grieve him but to grieve the ideal of what he stood for and, and now you have a hole where driscoll was but then you also have the hole of you know what does it even mean to be a man what does it even mean to be a father if the guy who taught me all this stuff just betrays it and just vanishes and now he's on a stage with robert morris you know, getting, getting welcomed like a martyr of the faith. <laughs> Tough beef for Robert Morris. I mean, what are you doing, dude? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Tough beef for Robert Morris. Um, so yeah, that was rough. But to, to, to close this out, just, just looking at the, I had a really strange reaction to, maybe it wasn't strange, but I had a really strong reaction to, the sort of the the closing sequence where Cosper's talking about how Driscoll didn't come on the show, which we knew. I mean, deep down, we knew he wasn't coming on the show. I think we all did. Um, but then some of the people associated, some of the people who participated in platforming Driscoll, and he just goes through this list of everyone who refused to to comment, and he talks about Keller and Piper and Chandler. And that just kind of hit me really hard of like, really all those people, like they refuse, like they know what a, like what a big deal this is. And Christianity today is behind us. This is not just somebody with a vendetta trying to attack Mark Driscoll. Like this is, this is a big deal. And you didn't have anything to say. I was really disappointed. I was really disappointed. And it, it, it's hard for me because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty libertarian with a lot of the stuff of like, you know, if you don't, we shouldn't compel people to do things they don't want to do. Like, you know, if they don't want to comment, we shouldn't try to shame them into commenting. But like, at the same time, it's like, man, you, we need to hear from some of you guys on this. Like, it just, it's disappointing to me that you don't feel like you have anything to say. And, and, you know, all those guys shared the stage with Driscoll. All those guys were with him in the Gospel Coalition. Chandler was with him at Acts 29. And, and I guess you could, I mean, I don't know how much credit Chandler gets for stepping up to remove Driscoll from Acts 29. I mean, the timing of that, like, I mean, was the timing good? Was the timing too late? I, I don't know. That's, you know, that's that's conversation for another time. But... Like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like those guys, those guys have a lot to say. Those guys have a lot to say about a lot of different things. And, you know, if, I mean, just Chandler's been in the news this week of some some pretty poorly worded statements on deconstruction and, and what that means and, and who should be deconstructing. And it's like, man, you can, you can, you can sit in your pulpit and just start punching at ghosts in, in a very vague sense like that and you're fine doing that 
but this is a real thing that happened and this guy was somebody that you fellowshiped with and he hurt a bunch of people and you don't have anything to say about that like not even just like i can't stay. you don't have to go on the record if you're afraid of mike cosper but just say something dude like say something and and, and crickets you know and the same thing for keller and, and and piper like you guys you know i mean piper defended him to some degree you know back in the day and I don't know. I just, I, it really disappointed me that those guys didn't have anything to say. And it made me think of Albert Moeller too, because I realize a lot of people don't like Albert Moeller and a lot of people that listen to this show don't like him, but I want to give him credit because when the, when the CJ Mahaney thing happened, you know, as this is a deep cut for some of you Christian culture nerds, CJ Mahaney had done some, you know, been some involved with some bad stuff. And Moeller initially kind of turned a blind eye to it and platformed Mahaney. And then, and maybe you could say the heat got to him, whatever, but he still gets some credit because Moeller came out and issued a statement after that. And after they had taken Mahaney off of whatever T4G or whatever it was, whatever conference and Moeller came out and said, you know what? I fellowship with this guy. I didn't realize what was going on when I got into it. And I actually listened to the victims and I listened to the people who he affected. Now I get it. Now I understand. Now he's, he's off the, the, the speaker's list. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I missed that one. So I don't know. Like that's, I, I wanted that kind of reaction from Keller Piper and Chandler and it just, it just didn't happen. And, and, and maybe it will at some point, but I was disappointed that it didn't in time for the podcast. Um, Overall, uh, you know, I I hope this really opens up the doors for some more long, long form storytelling uh, for you know the world of Christian culture. I think that's really cool, and I, I think you know the more that we get, the better. Um, not just for entertainment purposes, but just because you know it helps keep we got to keep our house clean, and that, that means a lot to me that. Um, Christian today devoted resources into this so that we can kind of just look at the rubble and say, you know, what happened? What happened? Can we, the more we learn about this, the better equipped we'll be to make sure that this doesn't happen again. And I don't know. Like, I mean, that's one of the, the, the angles of attack of, you know, is a lot of hand wringing about, you know, is this, is this good for us to, to go back and make this entertainment? And it's like, you know what? just chill out like we need to look at this we, we need to look at this this is fun this is good let's let's do the post-mortem uh, on this and and maybe we'll, we'll we'll be better at not letting it happen again so hey talk to me about this this is fun uh it's fun talking to you guys i love talking to y'all about this and just picking your brains and, and hearing what y'all have to say um so yeah so jump in the dms and and, and let us know and uh come back with us we'll be back with a regular episode casey will be back we're going to record in a few days we have christian tweet of the year coming out uh, and we are super excited for this it's going to be a blast so we love y'all and we will see you soon thanks